We're on location for another beer episode on the 315, a subject that goes straight to Kevin's heart and head. Yeah, I do like a crisp cold brew, Joe, but this isn't your average beer review. The beer we taste today is all about the 315. Digital content on WAER is supported by SRC Incorporated, a not-for-profit research and development company whose goal is to bring a focus of respect, teamwork, and the freedom to innovate to the workplace. Learn more at srcinc.com slash waer. Welcome to the 315. I'm Joe Lee. And I'm Kevin Kloss. And on today's 315, we visit Middle Ages Brewery on Wilkinson Street in Syracuse to do a little research on the Autonomous Collective. The Autonomous Collective is a collaboration between 15 local breweries with the goal of capturing Syracuse in a can, and the end result is a Sessions New England IPA. So what's so Syracuse about this beer? Let's find out. So, Joe, we're here inside uh, Middle Ages, you know, nice nice wooden tables all around, great dragon head above uh, the fireplace behind me right there, really sets the scene for the Middle Ages, kind of has a Game of Thrones vibe for me just a little bit. Then looking around, we see all the beers that they got on tap by, back there, great, great bar area. Just looks like a good place to sit down and crack open a cold one, honestly. Yeah, it does have a, a really great Middle Ages vibe. There are lanterns on the wall that uh, mimic, um, uh, like, uh, I guess, gas lit or um, uh, wick lanterns. Uh, and I do really dig the dragon on the wall. It does have a, a kind of a Game of Thrones vibe to it. So um, we are uh, kind of happy to be here to talk about this new brew in Syracuse. Uh, and uh, we want to get straight to it. Thanks for having us here, man. Really appreciate, uh, really appreciate you uh, uh, sitting with us. Um, just say your name and what you do. Uh, I'm Isaac Rubenstein. Uh, I'm the director of Bennett Middle Ages, so I do everything ranging from brewing beer to coming up with recipe and ordering ingredients and just everything that involves making the beer. So how did the Autonomous Collective uh, come about? Whose idea was it? Uh, so there's this Facebook group called the Snow Belt Brewers Collective, uh, and it's how all of the brewers in CNY kind of talk to each other. Uh, I think an idea of uh, everybody collaboration has been thrown around a couple times, uh, but Willow Rock, the people who actually made the beer at their, on their system, were the ones who really spearheaded the project. And then I got to do a shout-out over to Billy at Talking Cursive. Uh, he really was another spearhead and really, you know, was, let's do this and kind of pushed everybody to do it. So. so in terms of Middle Ages, you know, what role did you guys play? And, you know, so many breweries were involved in the making of this beer. What role did you guys play in that whole process? Yeah. So there was a big discussion over, you know, what style of beer are we going to brew? And there were a lot of things thrown around, some things that, you know, need to be aged for a long time. Uh, we knew it was coming out in the summer, so we wanted to do something that was good for the summer. And then it pretty easily settled on let's do a hazy IPA because that's really what's trendy right now. Uh, and once we kind of settled on that, everybody seemed to be in agreement. And then going back to the idea, um, you know, let's do a summer beer. We Let's make it low in alcohol, uh, sessionable. So, 
And then just maybe a little clarification for someone who's maybe not well versed. When you say a hazy IPA, what does that what does that mean for someone that they, they might notice when they're drinking? Yeah. So you know, most beer, ninety nine percent of beer is pretty clear. If you put your hand on the other side of the glass, you'll see it clearly. Uh, hazy just means that there's a lot of stuff in suspension. Uh, in this case, it'd be proteins um, and some of the particles from the hops. Uh, and if you were to look at the beer, it's it's opaque. It's hazy. Uh, a lot of that stuff has a lot of flavor. Uh, which is why it's common in these style of beers. I kind of think of Syracuse as a fall down drunk. Why go? Why go light on the ABV? Well, it's been such a hot summer uh, that you can't drink too much of a high alcohol beer. And as brewers, everybody likes to drink a lot, and you know you still got to work. So, right. <laughs> so tell me this: um, How did the discussion go? What did what What did you guys come up with that says this is Syracuse? This is kind of what Syracuse is, and how did you conceptualize that into a can? Um, there, and there was, you know, a lot of it went into it. And we, we threw it back and forth a lot of styles. Um, Willow Rock really spearheaded. They're like, why don't we just do this session New England IPA? And then it got bounced around. A lot of people had different ideas. Buried Acorn threw in some ideas. That, you know, let's not do this with our water. Let's do this with our water. Uh, Talking Cursive was like, you know, I really like to use this ingredient. Uh, we were like, you know, we're going to, we sourced a hop, Galaxy Hops, which are super expensive hop. I don't think anybody in Syracuse has ever used it before. But we're saying, hey, we're going to split the cost 15 different ways. So let's might as well use the most expensive hop there is out there. Uh, and then it was my idea, you know, my idea to use it all in the dry hop. Let's just get all the aroma we can out of it. Um, but it was really just a big open discussion, and it was awesome with everybody being there and just, you know, throwing around ideas. Uh, I had never been involved in anything like it. So. Where does that hop come from, and, and uh, why is it so costly? So it's costly for a couple of reasons. One, it's it, where it comes from. It's uh, grown in New Zealand. Uh, it has super, super high demand. Uh, and it's a proprietary hop, so not just any farm can grow it. You have to get permission or license, a licensing agreement or however it works from the people who invented the hop in order to grow it. So it's grown in a remote part of the world by a very limited number of people, and it's in huge demand. Was there a particular uh, flavor profile you were going for? Yeah. So New England IPAs tend to be juicy or citrusy or you know fruit-flavored, almost like juice. Uh, so once we settled on that style, that was really the flavor we were going for. Um, some other thoughts that went into the decision-making, once we decided that it was going to be a very low-alcohol beer, uh, we wanted to make sure that it was balanced and wasn't just hops in your mouth, because that can happen with low-alcohol hoppy beers. Uh, so we did a couple things uh, to do that. Willow Rock picked a yeast that leaves a lot of residual sugar in. And then to further enhance that, we... Uh, our mash regime, which is how you convert the starches into sugars from the grains, we designed that so that it would leave a lot of even more residual sugars, uh, again, to enhance the body. Uh, finally, and this you know, goes into some of the, what Buried Acorn contributed, uh, the water that we designed with the minerals, uh, that also further enhances mouthfeel and lingering sweetness. So it was all went in to balance out this really hoppy, um, citrusy beer with some good body behind it. Um, so why don't you walk us through um, what we're what we're tasting here? Particularly because this is a New England IPA and a very hoppy beer, you should smell it first. Uh, citrus aromas, pineapple, orange, grapefruit should wow. be the kind of things that come out. Yeah, I mean, I've really got the pineapple and the grapefruit. Wow, very fruity. Yeah, uh, and, and a, lot, a lot of that comes from the Galaxy hops that, that we chose to use, which again, none of us have used before. 
And as you as you stated, the look um, is is quite cloudy. It it almost looks like a watered down orange juice. Yeah, uh, and I think that's part of in, one the style of beer uh, makes it really impossible uh, to have a clear beer and still be exactly the same. But also, I think the appearance adds to a lot of it too. You know, you the first, you taste with your eyes first, and that's just that's true with beer as much as anything else. And the fact that this kind of looks like juice, I think, plays into the whole style. Mm-hmm. And what's next? We go to tasting. Well, of course, we're going to taste it next. Yeah. You know, I was I was going to say what I thought of it, and then there's a it changes for me from the beginning of the sip, the aftertaste. Just it does like a twist on me where it completely changes what I think of it. It's not. It's not overwhelmingly bitter at all. You know, you still kind of get that sense of, of the pineapple, like you mentioned before. I would say it's kind of unlike IPAs that I've had here in the area. Kind of a fresh take on the IPA, honestly. I, I think it's it's unlike any IPA I think I've ever had. Um, and you're right, the there is the uh, bitterness of, of an IPA, but it jumps off the palate pretty quickly, so um, it, it doesn't offend... Uh, folks that might be sort of against the the super bitter taste, um, but it, it and it it's got a creamy mouthfeel. Yeah. So uh, thank you. That's exactly what we were going for. Uh, New England IPAs in general tend to be less bitter than the the classic West Coast IPA or American IPA that you know, most people are tend to be used to, and that just kind of lets the the citriness uh, and the juiciness shine through. Mm-hmm. Um, the other thing is, as I mentioned, the big body of this beer. That's kind of what helps balance it out. So you're not left with a you know, bitterness left on the tongue. Uh, it just kind of makes it smooth and creamy, just like you said. So I think you guys did a great job describing it. Oh, cool, because so, I'm not even a beer drinker. So, uh, but, but everything that you were trying to do is coming through, uh, coming through in this beer, so I'm really enjoying it. Now, having tasted the beer a little bit and just discussing everything that went into the beer, you know, this was quite complex to put together. I'm just curious, from the original sit-down to a finished product, what was sort of your guys' timeline? Um, So when we first started talking about it seriously, I'm going to say it was about three to four months to actually having beer in the glass. Um, And that's actually kind of quick, and I give Willow Rock an unbelievable amount of credit for putting this all, all this together. You know, in theory, it's not that much more complicated. You're still just making a beer, designing a label, uh, and, you know, putting it all together. But because there's 14 different or 15 different breweries involved and, you know, got to bounce things off everybody, the organization becomes much more complicated. And the fact that they were able to pull this off and wrangle everybody together, I think is truly amazing. So. I really like the can design too. It's got a bit of a map of uh, of the area, and then all of the brewery um, uh, logos on it. We should mention uh, some of the other brewers that are participating: uh, Buried Acorn, Gordon Biersch uh, from Syracuse, WT Brews, Stout Beard Brewing Company, IBU, Full Bore Brewing, of course, Middle Ages, which is where we are right now, uh, Eastwood Brewing Company, Talking Cursive Brewing Company. Uh, Freight Yard Brewing, Skinny Atlas Brewing Company, Local 315, Seneca Street, Hot House Brewing, and Willow Rock, who is the actual uh, brewer uh, of, of this. Uh, well done. Very well done. Now, let's talk a little bit more about what you guys do here at, at Middle Ages. Um, I notice you have uh, live music here? Yes. Uh, 
So every Friday and Saturday, uh, we have live music that goes six to six to nine. Uh, we're not, we never wanted to be, you know, a late night bar. Uh, we don't serve hard liquor. So we figured to go along with that, we'll start a music a little earlier than what typical people do. Also, doesn't, conf- you know, you can catch an early show here. And if you're one of the people who likes to go out for a late night band, you can go down to the dyno or anywhere else and still catch it. Um, yeah, we also uh, have our anniversary party. It's on August 4th this year. Uh, that's a gigantic party in the park uh, right across the street from us. Uh, we have five bands, uh, seven food trucks. Uh, it's all local vet food vendors, all local bands. We get about 4,000 people there. Um, it's a really good time. Uh, but, yeah, uh, Middle Ages was originally about classic uh, ales, uh, English ales, uh, mostly about distribution um and over things time things have changed we do a lot of modern american styles now we make sour beers new england ipas Uh, we still do some of the classic english ales but our portfolio has really evolved and gotten we do a little bit of everything nowadays so that's cool so what's the uh customer reaction been to autonomous autonomous collective I, i saw on on the untapped uh social site uh that there's been a lot of positive feedback on the beer what have uh, customers who have been coming in to uh, middle ages uh, what have they said about uh, autonomous collective um i think it's been pretty much universally uh well received uh people are surprised that it's if they don't read that it's four percent they're surprised to find out that it's four percent and i think that shows to go how how good of a job we all did in balancing this beer out uh, and, you know, since we put it on, it's been less than a week. It's been one of our top sellers. So that, I think that says alone how well uh, people have received this beer. Uh, if you're going out for beer and it's not going to be Middle Ages, which one of your favorites uh, to tap into? Uh, well, Willow Rock, I think, makes some of the best beer in the area. Uh, I think this beer came out awesome. Uh, Talking Cursive is right across the street from me. So, and they serve food. So I go there for lunch sometimes. Uh, if I'm going to pick a beer that has always been a standby, uh, Sierra Nevada Brewing Company. They're one of the biggest craft breweries in the country, but I don't think they've compromised anything at all. I know if I'm at, if I'm at a dive bar and I see a, a, a beer that's six months old and it's been sitting probably warm for half that time, I know it's still going to taste good. Uh, and that's a testament to their quality standards. Uh, so that's always my, my go back to is Sierra Nevada Brewing Company. Isaac, we really appreciate you uh, uh, letting us taste uh, uh, Autonomous Collective and uh, visit your brewery here. We love it. It's a really nice space. Um, and I, you know, I think what I've discovered is that I'm, I'm not as connected to the local brewing, brewing community as I, as I should be, hearing about some of these other places that I've not visited. Um, so it could be potentially something for me to go out and enjoy or more episodes for the 315 i don't know it seems like maybe you're becoming a beer guy i am becoming a beer guy i mean i've been i've this year alone i've consumed more beer than i have in the last four or five years yeah i mean i I, the two of us i'm usually more of the the beer guy you're more of the shall we say whiskey uh, bourbon gentleman but you know tasting you know autonomous collective and some of the ipas we've had in the area it's something that you want to get on board with because there's a lot of good brewing happening here in central New York. And it's not going anywhere. It seems to be that the craft brewing uh, trend is getting hotter and hotter, right? For sure. Um, I, I imagine there'll be a few more breweries open up by the end of the year. It's, it's the trend, and it's here to stay. Well, thank you, sir. Yeah, thank you very much. 
Well, that was a deeply satisfying experience on a hot summer day. I think so. I love the novelty of brewers coming together to capture the essence of Syracuse in a glass of beer. Yeah, and as we've heard on previous shows, Syracuse has a rich brewing history, so this collaboration makes a lot of sense. And it's a smart marketing move, tapping into the craft beer craze. Now that we've had a sip or two of the tasty brew, I'm ready to eat. So, Joe, if you could capture Syracuse on a sandwich, what sandwich would you create? Hmm. You know, I think I'd cut up some Hoffman hot dogs, add some smashed salt potatoes, drizzle with a little buffalo sauce, and maybe serve on some Apostability stretch bread. That sounds disgusting, but it could work. What about you? You know, I think I got to start with some fresh bread from the Columbus Bakery. Then we're going to go with uh, some spicy Gianelli sausage. And then I'm going to have to ask you to pass the buffalo sauce. Kind of a prerequisite for all my sandwiches is I need to add the buffalo sauce. I need the spice, Joe. Is that uh, buffalo? Is that because you're a Bills fan? It's not because I'm a Bills fan. It's because I like a little kick on the bread, but it doesn't hurt. (laughs) Thanks for joining us for the 315. Have a favorite local brewery that you like to visit? Tell us about it on the 315 Facebook page at the 315CNY. Or hit us up on Twitter. I'm at Kevin Kloss, that's K-L-O-S-S, and Joe's at jblee 883 I'm Kevin Kloss. And I'm Joe Lee. Cheers. Cheers.